Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. In Revelation chapter 1, 9 through 12, we have the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos. And it says, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me, a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. I'm going to stop right there and come back. We'll pick up on this in just a moment. We do live in a post-Christian era. We're seeing a division in our land of those that hold to the Judeo-Christian ethic and those that hold to a new ethic that's really kind of a me-first ethic. And it is based on evolution. Because after all, if evolution is true and is the case, then I am not accountable to a God. It does not matter who I do wrong, if I lie, if I cheat, if I steal or do something to someone else. Because after all, it's all about me. And that's why we live in a land where immorality, materialism, lawlessness is growing leaps and bounds. We do have many well-educated people, but it seems like No one has the answers. There are floods of words and famine and answers. So many think that they have the answers and don't even know the questions. That's what we're finding in this day and age. Many think that I can just do what I want, and yet the humblest preacher in the Word of God knows the answer. He knows what's ahead. He knows where we're headed. Israel has returned as a nation in that land For now, 72 years, Jesus said, This generation will not pass away before the coming of the Lord. It's time to lift up our eyes. It's time that we look. There was an unknown senator from Nebraska that leapt into fame in the Democratic Convention many years ago. And when it was almost riotous, as so many people were out of control and so many speakers, and he stood and he said, I would be presumptuous indeed to present myself against the distinguished gentleman to whom you have listened if this were a mere measuring of abilities. But this is not a contest between persons. The humblest citizens in all the land, when clad in the armor of a righteous cause, is stronger than all the host of error. I come to speak to you in defense 
of a cause as holy as the cause of liberty, the cause of humanity. That man was William Jennings Bryan. By that simple speech, people began to recognize and see and all of, uh, there is such a contrast. The humblest preacher today can stand and knows what we need to do. There are three things that may happen. Number one, I foresee Jesus coming soon. Never have the signs of the times converged as they do today. But let me say that I believe things will worsen. Now, I'm not wearing a placard saying the end is near. I'm not going to get out there and start beating a drum and saying repent or else. But I do believe that it is nearer than when we first believed. I do believe that it is closer and we need to live our lives in such a way. There are some things in Revelation chapter 1 verse 20. It tells us that the church is the lampstand. And in Revelation chapter 11, you have the two witnesses are the two lampstands. And so I say that because I believe in my theology, we're going to be around for a little while. But we are going to begin to see the power of God work in this world as never before. Now I'm looking for the coming of the Lord, but I think that there are some things that are happening that we need to be witnesses in this land. However, it may be that the New Testament churches are driven underground, like in the days uh, just following the apostles. The Roman catacombs today stand as a testimony of those residents of the catacombs that wore out the Colosseum, that upset Caesar's crowd because they did not change their lives to meet the lives of the world. They lived their lives according to the Word of God. And so even in Caesar's, when they were told that they had to wear clothes that were dipped in wax and that they would become Caesar's candle for his garden parties, they boldly stood and proclaimed the word of God. Maybe we'll go underground. Maybe we'll have to be sent like that. I don't know what the days have in store, but it may be that there is a spiritual awakening. And this is what I think is truly happening, that more and more are looking and listening now. And I'm not an expert. And I'm not embarrassed to say that I'm not an expert because the experts have been of little help lately. And so they seem to be reacting and they didn't prepare. Heard the interview with Bill Gates some years ago and he said this is what was going to happen and it's happened. Men knew what was coming and yet we failed to prepare. And so I just say that men know the Lord and men we that know the Lord, that we that know the Bible, we have the answers. They're right here in our hand. Maybe with a spiritual awakening, a spiritual revival. And let me just say revival is a good word. It's an Old Testament word. It's an Old Testament idea. And it's re when revival comes, it's God coming down. In the Old Testament, you find when the temple was set aside, when it was sanctified and dedicated, the Lord came down. There was revival in the land. In the New Testament, it carries the idea of repentance. Repentance is our reaction to the work of the Lord. Revival is God coming down. Repentance is man's work. As God comes down, as the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives and in our hearts, He convicts us, He draws us, He brings us to that place where we need to be. Revival is a good thing to happen in our land because the, re the repentance is our reaction. Do we have revival in general? 
Well, I haven't seen it. Maybe you have. Is our church having a revival? How about your life, my life? Is there revival in our life? Well, I hope that we have a fresh experience with Jesus, that we're trying to glorify Jesus, that we're recognizing Him in new ways and greater ways, because the condition today is that we're about to see more and more occurrences happening around the world. We're seeing all kinds of things. If you're watching the news, we're seeing all sorts of things converge and happening. And maybe we need to recognize the condition when John was on the Isle of Patmos. The churches of that day, they were under persecution by the emperor Domitian. And the churches had their back against the wall. Those people in those churches, their businesses were boycotted. They were harassed. They were persecuted. They were killed. All of them were asked to worship Caesar by pinching incense and throwing it on the incense burner so that they could say, oh, that's all we did. We just pinched a little incense to Caesar and all would be well. But you see, those early Christians would not pinch incense to Caesar. They would not recognize him at all because they were worshiping Caesar as the Lord and there was only one Lord and God. Well, John was exiled to Patmos. Patmos was about 10 miles long. It's still there in the Aegean Sea. During this time, it was a Roman penal colony. That's where they sent their people to be exiled. And that's where John was sent. But the hand of God was still upon him. Ten miles long, five miles wide. I wonder if he didn't walk along the beach. A prisoner shut in by the sea. And he walked along and he walked with God. Because notice, that's what he says in chapter 1 verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos. Maybe you've been kind of put aside. Maybe you've been put, moved over. This became a blessing to him. It's interesting because in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1, the Lord showed John a vision of the new heavens and the new earth, and it says there's no more sea. I wonder if John, having walked around that island, shut in by the sea, said, Thank God, there's no more sea, no more to worry about. It was a symbol of isolation. It was a symbol of desolation, of dark times. And he might have been asking, Lord, why me? Why? I'm the surviving apostle. The churches need me. I've been at Ephesus and they need me. There, there are those that are coming in with new ideas and theologies and all of these things. Why me, Lord? Hi. Let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. Patmos was not a promotion as some might think. But if there were no Patmos, there'd be no apocalypse. No Patmos, no revelation. This was not that he was run away, that he was cast away. This is the place of God's choosing. Are you in the place where God would have you? Are you in the place where God wants you? God wanted John on Patmos. 
It is the place of God's will. He wasn't straddling two worlds. Today I see so many, they're trying to straddle the fence. And I want to see how far I can go in my Christianity and, and not fall off the edge. And they want to straddle the fence and be in two worlds, but you can only be in one world or the other. You've either got to get in and be a Christian and a child of God in this day and age, or just step back. Why was John there in the Isle of Patmos? He was there for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. John ended up knowing why. He knew why he was on Patmos. And that's the idea of it. That I, John, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He knew why he was there. Do you know why God has you right where you are? Do you know that you are in the place where the Lord would have you? Because he says, for the word of God. There are many young preachers today that publish, and I'm on this ABA preachers group, and some of the young preachers come up and say, I'm available to go preach anywhere in Texas. <laughs> I'll go preach the word anywhere in Arkansas. Well, there's a problem because we need to recognize that the world is dark. The world is ready for the harvest. We need to be recognizing that the laborers are few. That we that are children of God, we are aliens, we're exiles. We don't belong to this world, but we're still here in order to preach the word to bring those people to the light. Today, churches are called to compromise with the world. Just go along. And attacks are coming from within and without. And I think we're going to see some real attacks in the future. I may be wrong. But the faithful Christian is always going to find himself alone. The faithful Christian, just by living out your Christian life, others will want to move away. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to be a part of that. They'll just move away. And we need to be aware that we don't get into the idea of a false isolation like Elijah under the juniper tree. Oh, Elijah, Jezebel said, I'm going to have you killed just like you had the 450 prophets of Baal killed. I'm going to do the same to you. And oh, Elijah runs. He's afraid. And he's under that juniper tree. He says, Lord, all the good folks are gone but me. And I'm not feeling too well myself. <laughs> that may be earth translation. But true loneliness God got John, John, John away alone to a place where he could fellowship, alone to a place where he could think, alone to a place where he could pray. This may not be politically correct, but I heard the story of a Confederate soldier that wrote out how in the last days of the Civil War, the line that was defending Richmond, and he told about how tattered their uniforms were, how hungry, how worn out, how few men they had defending Richmond. But one thing they did was they would go over every so often and nudge the next guy and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. Sometimes we need to be reminded, I'm still here. We're still in the fight. 
The battle's still going. Don't get over anxious with the world's condition. We don't want to become so over anxious with the world's situation that we forget the Great Commission. We cannot lose sight of why the Lord has us here for the Word of God. That's why John said he was on the Isle of Patmos for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. God has you where you are for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He wants to use you where you are. And it doesn't end there, but he says in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. This is the Lord's day, the first day of the week, Sunday. He was in the right condition of heart and mind. It wasn't kind of an emotional thing that you might be experiencing. It wasn't some emotional buildup that it's just all of this. But John was in a right relationship with the Lord. He invited God to take over. This was to be owned and operated by the Holy Spirit. And you know, the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always lift up Christ. That's what the New Testament said. And we see that in our text, that it was allowing Him to hear. And this allowed Him to see beyond the normal senses, to see what was really going on. We live in a day and age, and I forgotten so much of this that you know what in my days in prison it was easy to see the spiritual warfare that was going on it was easy to see there are those that are doing evil and who they were controlled by there are those that are working for the Lord and who they are controlled by but in our world we need to see the same thing we need to recognize there are many that are under the spell of witchcraft and why do I say that it is so predominant today because the word witchcraft that we have translated in our New Testament is from the word pharmakia, pharmacy. They're under drugs. We go out, we drive by, and we see homeless people all around, and they're addicted to so many drugs, and we don't recognize that it's just another form of witchcraft. It's a spirit. It's something that's working in their lives. It's something that's drawing them. And we need to be Looking from God's perspective, we need to be recognizing what the Lord is doing and seeing things from a spiritual eyes and not just on this plane, not just as we see it here. We need to see beyond the spiritual, beyond the normal senses to see what is truly happening. And then look at what John says, I heard. I heard. You see, when we're in the Spirit, when we're in the right place, then we begin to hear. And if you're in the Spirit, you'll hear God speaking. But you have to be listening. We have a din of noise about us. You know, our telephones are designed, our smartphones are designed. And I have caught myself doing this. Pick it up every so often. Who's called? Who's texted? What's on Facebook? What's happening here? What's happening? It's designed to draw your attention to it. It is set it up. They organize it so that it will keep drawing your attention back. The TV, how often we just turn it on because we just want some noise. Everyone has, seems to have a video on how to get heard, getting your message across. YouTube, podcasts, Facebook, all of them are, are out there that you can get your message. People will hear you. But are you listening? John had to get to a place where he could be alone with God for the Word of God in the Spirit so that he could hear. There's the story of the Old Testament of little Samuel. 
that is awakened during the night. And he goes to Eli and he says, have you called me? And finally Eli realizes it's the Lord. And he tells little Samuel, say, speak. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Now, Eli, as the high priest, could have said, you go back to bed. I'm the high priest. If God's going to do anything, he's going to tell me. <laughs> he's going to tell me all about it. But God spoke to the little boy, Samuel. And he just says, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. John said, I heard. And then he heard the message that was coming forward. He says, I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. You see the authority, the power, the might. And then he says, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches. And so that was the message that he heard. The message to the seven churches. And in chapter 2 and in chapter 3, you see what the message is. And I'm going to just sum it up like this. The Lord says, this is what's right with your church. This is what's wrong with your church. And this is what you do about it. Now, maybe that's simplifying. But I think the scripture is that simple. Here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. This is how you fix it. At Thyatira, he said he had something against the faithful. And I thought that's interesting. Because of what they had tolerated... God sometimes judges us by what we tolerate in our lives and in our churches. Ouch. If you tolerate sin in your life, there is a disturber at the door. There is a discomforter. We think of the Holy Spirit as a comforter, but he comes and he works as a discomforter to convict us, to move us. If we're going to have revival, it means God's people must repent. And if you tolerate sin in your life, there's a disturber at the door. It's interesting because the last word to the churches was not go into all of the world, but the last word to the churches is found in Revelation chapter 3. And he says, repent, for I come quickly. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church. 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.